Weather today in the ground. I love you so badly. I could... They're solid plastic, so don't settle for imitation. But the senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. <laughs> Evening. This is Brenda Jarvis, and this is the best of an Alan Smithy podcast. You give us 133 minutes and we'll give you 133 minutes of words. She has traveled 20 million light years. It's the most incredible girl you'll ever meet, that maid of might, that princess of power, that teen of tomorrow, the girl of steel, Lindley. From the 22nd of April, 2012. It's a special audio commentary episode for Jeanette's Walk's 1984 superhero classic, Supergirl. Hi everyone, welcome to an Alan Smithy podcast. Uh, I am Matt and I write at cinemachine.blogspot.com. And I'm Andrew and I write at thestopbutton.com. And, uh, you know, this is our podcast where we talk about one good movie and one bad movie for about one hour. But, you know, lately we've uh, taken to doing commentary tracks. And uh, you're going to hear this here first. Uh, on our 100th episode, we are going to become an all-commentary uh, track podcast, which might technically mean we're not a podcast anymore. We're a track cast or something. Maybe we can trademark that. Anyways... Uh, but, you know, this is a commentary for the film Supergirl, 1984, uh, directed by Janos Vork, uh, the director of Jaws 2, to most people. And, um, yeah, I've never seen this before. Andrew, you have seen it. Uh, it's been a while, though, right? Uh, no, actually, it's only been, uh, I think, uh, four or five months. But oh, wow. I'll, I'll get right. into I, that when uh, I. I, yeah. I can't believe you're going to subject yourself to this again, and I, I haven't even seen it It's a different it version. There are so many that I, I haven't seen. Oh, I've never right. seen right. this version. Ah, I've never seen this version. This would be, this would okay. be my first well, time. Yeah, and we're watching the uh, two-hour and five-minute international cut, right? Yes, and that is the one that you can get from if you happen to come across the extremely valuable Anchor Bay uh, two-disc set, it's included there, and it's also the one that Warner Brothers released about five years ago and is still in print, and it's the one that's at Netflix. It's the most commonly available uh, DVD version. Yeah, so we did all you folks a favor. You know, we could have watched the full director's cut, which, you know, God knows how long that is. We also could have um, watched but... the... F- the, the... <laughs> 99 minute theatrical cut but nobody could yeah which was uh that. which was the original video release uh, right i believe so uh, okay well I enough of that we should we should really just uh jump right in here but uh, we've got our copies of of that cut uh queued up to uh you know zero and um i i believe when, when we start our copies they are going to start pretty much with the opening credits film there isn't even going to be like a, a trimark uh, picture logo on here so basically uh we're going to count down uh, we're going to count up to three and on three is when you should uh play your copy at home and uh your copy should be cued to where the movie starts not uh, the the trimark uh, pictures logo anyways uh we are going to just get this ball wrong now so uh on three we will uh play our copies and you all at home should do the same so one two three 
Oh, and here it starts. We've got lots of uh, pink and purple. I feel like I'm watching a, a 90s Disney movie already. Alexander Salkind. Okay, so, you know, it's official. You know, it's, this it's, isn't like... Yeah, except for this the... This isn't a uh, Return of the Living Dead situation. We've got the same producer, uh, yeah. Faye Dunaway, getting getting top billing over uh, over Helen Slater, Slater. Much, much much like uh, Nicholson and Keaton in Batman, I guess. Well, also like Marlon Brando and uh, uh, Christopher yeah. and Gene Hackman. Now, there you have the the title come in, and of course, one of the most famous things about the first Superman is the opening credits. They cost whatever five million dollars and. 78 money so it was a fortune and they had that wow. thing where the music came up and everybody remembered it you don't have uh -huh. that here instead you have jerry goldsmith doing the music oh, this... for a tv special yeah <laughs> so it's jerry goldsmith huh um yeah i guess this you know this theme is just like a marker marine tv um she uh no yeah this music's a lot like the williams theme but not quite it's kind of a halfway imitation isn't it yeah and I mean, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I'm constantly making fun of Jerry Goldsmith. And occasionally I have to eat, um, whatever the phrase is, salt or whatever on it when Bro. he does something good. But yeah. this is not one of the times I'm going to have to apologize for mocking well, just, Jerry Goldsmith. I was just thinking, like, you know, this movie is uh, 84 and it's like, man, Jerry Goldsmith uh, never stopped working. But, you know, when you make fun of him, you point out the fact that he recycles his own over and over again so that's kind of how he uh, kept working so pro prolifically in the 80s he was like the, the danny elfman of of the 80s until you know danny elfman showed up well then you're you're leaving out james horner who was ripping himself off two or three movies into his career <laughs> that's always fun too but i think the problem with uh jerry goldsmith even is these <laughs> yeah it's just there's no grandeur to this, and I mean the opening credits are problematic anyway. It's a bunch of dry ice, for goodness' sake. Um, yeah, and these uh, and these spinning titles. It's yeah. kind of, you know, oddly enough, they kind of look better than the Superman titles, which now look kind of dated. But um, even these credits are like you know, halfway to Superman, but not quite. Uh, and if you're gonna and if you're gonna get a lousy you know do a lousy sequel, you're gonna want to get Janos Vork because he did Jaws two, which which makes him some kind of sequel pioneer. All right, what we got here? Hey, now you have someone who doesn't know how to shoot miniatures. Um, I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> exactly, that's kind of a problem. You're, you're actually <laughs> looking at something on a table with lights spinning around it, and then you enter here. Um, is this the bottled city of Candor? I mean, it's not in a bottle, but... No, is this... this is Argo City. It'll be explained by Peter O'Toole in a moment. Wow, look at those drapes. They're like they're like the bath, uh, bath, bathroom uh, uh, sheets. And, of course, what we also have here is is the Salkinds without... Um, is this Logan's Run that we're watching? Somebody like Richard Donner to sort of keep them in line. You instead have these really silly... You have this huge um, area, and this, are those like tracking shots that had to be done handheld? Those were actually cut together. There were scenes missing because um, I actually learned this by reading the comic book adaptation like twenty years ago. Is that she's supposed to be like twelve right now, and she oh, ages that's... like four years or five years when she travels to Earth. 
But that's instead, her on the right here, yeah, that's Supergirl. Uh, but instead, she comes off wow, what, as very what simple. Is, yeah, this is quite this is quite a dramatic uh, uh, introduction to our heroine. <laughs> She's just kind of here already. Zip zap, and I'm gone. Hmm. Kala. Okay, so she's Superman's cousin, right? That's who Supergirl is? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, so she's Supergirl's, I mean, Superman's cousin who lives on another planet? Okay, not well, that, it's never really explained in here, I don't think. But in the comics, I believe that her city was like a, it, 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 it survived the explosion on a chunk. Okay. And who knows what they had planned for this because they lost the rights to reuse the material when Warner cut them loose and Warner cut the Supergirl production loose when Christopher Reeve dropped out of filming, I think two weeks before production started. Huh. Was he going to have a big part in this, or was he, he just was? Kind of gonna... Peter O'Toole oh. wouldn't have been in it, basically. Mm. And 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 I'll explain that later. But nobody see. Okay, so no, when I, I like, you like, I like that? the vibrator that uh, yeah. <laughs> Peter O'Toole's playing with. I'll... And I always, I mean, it's pretty clear that that little ball on his hand is like between the two fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate. What's, what's this? What's this thing that Peter O'Toole is using? It, it it's like a magic thing. Um, unfortunately, mean, is, it gonna, is it gonna make the modern art to disappear, or is it just gonna glow? It, it makes it. It's a power source. But the problem is, is that the movie makes no sense already in the international cut, whereas the director's cut probably took another three minutes to explain everything. Look, it's Mia Farrow. Um, when she wasn't working for Woody Allen. So I'm sure about this, this, this Supergirl was 84. I think Broadway Danny Rose was too. So, I mean, that'll just, mm. hopefully Mia yeah. Farrow got a good check. Yeah. So this was 84. I mean, this is only one year after Superman three. Right. Um, and I don't know if Superman three did. Well no, or it not. bombed. Okay. It bombed. So that's probably why Chris Reeve dropped out of yes. this. I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. Huh, so 83 and 84 were really embarrassing years for Superman fans. And, um, yeah. Well, I don't know. You know what's funny about this movie is it's like they really thought that, like, Superman was a strong enough franchise that they could just spin off another franchise off of it and that it could just be Supergirl. I mean, not that they came up with Supergirl for this, but... um, in, I, I, I kind of want to say that might work for Batman if they tried to spin off a Batgirl movie, but I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, certainly not now. You couldn't do that with the Nolan movies, but uh, maybe back, you know, around uh, Batman Forever. Well, but I always forget that Batgirl was in. <laughs> was <laughs> right. In that movies. was the original plan, of course, was that they could have spun out of Batman and Robin, but they they weren't able to. Um, oh, Batman and Robin spun out all right. No, I mean, I, I mean, that's kind of the. Even if you look at something like I don't like the way she, I don't like the way she's looking at this thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll cross-eyed. Even if you look <laughs> at the, spread eagle. The production values on her. 
Superman three. Okay, I'm glad you. <laughs> I'm glad you told me that she's supposed to be twelve because she's just acting like a retard here. Exactly, and it, it's never explained in the movie. Okay, so the dildo can make things come alive. Sort of. With the the dildo combined with the spinning ball. Whoa. Hmm. Is she going to get, like, sucked out into space if no, she goes to that window? No, no, Because I still don't really know where they are. I think they... Do they explain something about inner space and outer space? It makes absolutely no sense. I mean, the guy who wrote this wrote um, Masters of the Universe. That'll tell you oh, the... Yeah. Man. Ouch. No matter... Is Peter O'Toole in this movie more than Marlon Brando was in Superman? Yes. Okay. I won't spoil it for you, but yes. <clears throat> yeah, this whole set is kind of like Planet of the Apes matched with Logan's run. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just it's just uh, oh, he wrote the Dark Crystal too. I'm sorry, I'm still on David O'Dell and what he did. Oh, and you haven't seen The Dark Crystal, right? No, I haven't. Oh, he wrote episodes yeah, super, of them. <laughs> super overrated, that's all I have to say. He apparently wrote, oh my god, he wrote Nathan Hayes, which was that failed pirate movie. He wrote a buddy movie starring Ken Wall and Judge Reinhold. And they're all freaking out because she's in that thing and she doesn't really know know, like she looks what she's doing either well no because you don't fly it it just flies on its own oh okay I I saw in that last shot they're on they're on a planet they're in some kind of city on a planet so this is like he's going to explain it now So this makes no sense. Hey, the Phantom Zone. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't so understand. Uh, so there, you got a long shot of this thing. Yeah. It's sort of, it looks like a ship in the water or something. Yeah. Um, and now, so did he just? Sorry, did he just say he was going to exile him? to the Phantom Zone? He's going to exile himself to the Phantom Zone. What, and like fucking bump uglies with General Kala for eternity? I mean, why would anyone do that? Oh, here's the same kind of psychedelic space stuff that you saw in Superman. I believe some of it's exactly the same, so they must have owned the footage of it, like the the master. (laughs) You can see the halo of a blue screen (laughs) around uh, Helen Slater's hair here. Yeah, I mean, it's just... She's so dumb. She's just like, wee. And it's like comparing the two. It's just really. Yeah, this already feels very, uh, very weightless and, and just arbitrary. Did you see because... the Ewoks TV movies? Uh, no. Okay. No, this feels cheaper than the Ewoks TV movies. <laughs> oh, no. It's yeah, here Mommy we go. Dearest. It's Mommy Dearest. 
So she's six years after winning Best Actress for Network, I think, right? Um, who's this chick, and why is she already talking about ruling the world? Because she's a small-town Illinois witch, and that's what they do. She's enough British people in this movie already. The Salkines are British, aren't they? No, they're Greek. But oh, they well. like the British because of Three Musketeers. <laughs> they cast a bunch of British people. As <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and The Three Musketeers is a good movie. Awful British teeth. Just yellow and horse-toothed. Wow, look at that. Yeah. Mm, so, yeah, I'm... Equally, uh, equally underwhelming to the introduction of heroin is the introduction of the villainous here. Because, I mean, putting the putting the glass on the tiger's head is kind of amusing. But she's just having a pic talking about ruling the world. Uh, yep. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's not exactly uh, your paper, Mister Luthor. <clears throat> this is this is not as bad as it's going to get. <clears throat> it's going to sure. get. It's going to get much worse with her. And apparently, it was a very big uh, deal to sign her for this. Well, that's interesting because I thought that uh, Mommy Dukes was like so infamous that her career was pretty much considered over, uh, over overnight. Well, I think the and- problem with that would have been that Mommy Dearest was two thousand or eighty-two, right? I've never seen eighty-one. It. Was oh, it? you haven't? No, it's it's incredible. But yeah, it's eighty-one in a good way. I mean. So maybe what's well, Frank Perry for goodness sake? It came out in September of eighty one. This probably shot in eighty three, so they probably tried to sign her immediately afterwards. But yeah, was yeah. it was it completely over or did it was there <sighs> I think it was completely over. I mean, you know, as far as perception is concerned and perception is everything in uh, show business. Oh, yeah, it was just totally done. I mean, it, she'd been on the ropes. Well, no, not really, but... Anyways, uh, Supergirl is still staring vacantly at things. Of course, y- yes, but now you have to realize she's grown up. She's aged. Oh, if wait a re- minute. Yep. This she makes just became n- Supergirl? She just <laughs> became Supergirl. This make. I mean, it's just... What? What? She has yeah. a costume. Yes. The costumes are magic, remember? Whoa! She looks like she had an accident on the wires and they, and they kept <laughs> hmm so alright nerds start jerk <laughs> this is what you were waiting for the costume I mean you know in Superman um, when you see Marlon Brando and Mrs. Marlon Brando they're wearing you know those S's on their chest and you don't really know what it means but you can be like, oh, so that's why Superman's outfit looks like that. Um, I didn't see any of those S's on the bottled, non-bottled, non-city a piece of Krypton. No, it's, uh, it's familial once you get to Earth, apparently. Is the bottled city of Kandor uh, in this? I'm sorry to keep harping no, on not. that. It's just it's like not. it's just like okay, it's just like the one thing that I know about Supergirl is that. She's not she from there, a... though. No, she's not from Kandor. She's from Argo City in the comics, 
Or at least she okay. was, yeah. Does she just have to, like, look after the bottled city? Uh, she might. In the new ones or something. Now, so you, now we're going to get into this wire sequence. Now, she's, like, discovering that she's she can discovering fly. that she can fly. As she's I under- not at all freaked out about being catapulted well, of course into a not. She's, she's moderately retarded, as we saw. Millions. In, yeah. Yeah. Light so, years from home. <laughs> so now, originally, this was going to be a lengthy sequence with Christopher Reeve, and they were going to fly all around the world, blah, 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 and then he quit, and they were like, what are we going to do? And so they do this like nice scene with ornate wire work, the last wire, wire work you'll ever see like this. You'll wow, never... actually, this is yeah. kind of a... Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh no! Uh, what's the story? The story is that the guy who directed Superman Four, Sidney J. Fury. I mean, it's not like yeah. I mean, it's a terrible movie, but he wasn't a hack. <laughs> he asked Richard Donner for advice on flying scenes, and Donner told him to see this because the wire work had come along so far um, in six uh-huh. years. They'd worked on it. This is all cut out of the theatrical cut. Huh. Like, the theatrical you'd think they, you'd cut. Think, <laughs> you'd think they'd keep it because, you know, fly, you'll, be, you'll believe a man can fly, right? It's like you these are the money they, shots of Superman movies. They might keep – they might have kept this stuff, but that whole introductory scene, they didn't. So it's like she would have landed, flown out, and flown immediately into the sky to the accompaniment of this crappy Jerry Goldsmith music that sounds like it's the, the theme song to a cop show. An upbeat <laughs> cop show, but a cop show. <laughs> Some guy with a tie. That's, oh, that's yeah. It's that guy. Now, of course, you have to understand this is in Southern Illinois. That huge waterfall in Southern Illinois. Um, there's uh-huh. some mountain. Oh, the horses running wild. It's like the never-ending story. It's like if you put <laughs> if you clump this, uh, the Ewok movies and never-ending story together, it's they're all the same. You know, it's all the yeah. shit. That was popular then, because horses were popular again because of the Black Stallion. The sequel. This didn't is almost. Kill it. <laughs> this is almost like they had a female audience in mind because there's horses and, and ponies. They did. They thought. I mean, that's why Supergirl was created. Whenever she was created, was to sell comics to girls as sort of a right. pre-romance uh, comic thing. But then, right. yeah, they actually thought they were going to be able to get a female audience. Yeah. Well, actually, no. That makes sense. I mean, that's why they got a female villain too. And now this is the great mid-Illinois lake, uh, ocean, <laughs> the mid-Illinois ocean. It's a sea uh-huh. uh, where you can stand and have an iconic shot. Oh, wow. It's like she's a female Jesus, except she's you can see her standing on the riverbank. Yeah. And, okay, so now this is what you wanted. Faye Whoa. Dunaway's Whoa. evil fortress is in a, oh, a musical no. Oh no! Hold on. I'll just I'll just give you a hint. The amusement park plays a big role later. The rides do. Well, you know, we did uh, watch the trailer, uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I did see the bumper cars. God, wow! They really didn't miss any uh, turns in basing this on the first Superman, did they? This is just like Lex Luthor's uh, subway hideout, except retarded do you think that's Faye Dunaway's hair or do you think it's like a wig or extensions or 
What the hell is this? Sex in the City? Who's this chick? That's her roommate. It's her fellow <laughs> witch. Okay, so there are witch witches, like with magic? Yeah. Jesus. All right. Chicken feet. Oh, that's better than goose egg. Oh, snappy patter. Uh, Supergirl fight witches in the comics? And I, I know that Superman has fought pretty much anything because they've had to have him fight pretty much everything because he's Superman. But, um, like, in the comics, you know, did Superman, uh, Supergirl have, like, primary villains or anything? I don't know. I know it wasn't witches if she did. Is she flying over L.A.? No, it's that... Chicago. Oh, this is Chicago. Um... Okay, so... so... Yeah, and this is supposed to be Chicago, Chicago. It is supposed to be I just, Chicago, Chicago, yeah. Okay, because it's not like uh, Superman where he's no. flying past past the World Trade Center and it's just Metropolis. <laughs> so, I mean, they spend time on this kind of thing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's 80s Matt, but, you know, they spend time on it, and it's just like... I feel like it doesn't even look as good as uh, Superman did. Whoa, whoa her, her exactly. Is this is off. never explained. She looks like she knows what it means. She knows what it means. We don't know what it means. I'm gonna guess that that swatch tells her when there's trouble nearby. No, it tells her when the that that thing that flew out the window is nearby. But not really, because she's nowhere near it right now. She just she she doesn't know how to use the watch yet. Maybe they should have gotten um, who's the guy who did uh, two and three, who Richard wasn't Lester. Richard Donner. Yeah, Richard. Yeah, Lester. maybe they should, maybe they should have gotten Lester to do this as like a, a wacky romantic comedy. That could have worked, you know. It could have. I mean, I think that instead, like instead. They... Just said, like, you know what, uh, Richard, we're not going to bother have do Superman three. Let's get our time on. In the meantime, why don't we try to spin this off? We, we, we Helen Slater, we've got um, you know Mommy Dearest, and uh, you know it can be as funny as you want to make it. Just make it a total comedy, and uh, you know it's like, what if Superman were a, were a hot girl? It'll be hilarious. Hold on, Hold on. Um, it's the lovable uh, attempted rapist. You notice who that one is on the right, though, right? Uh, he looks familiar. Who is it? It's Matt Frewer. Max Hedrum. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you got a real pretty m- 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 mouth. Oh, this is the first time we've heard Superman referred to. Yep. The Omega Hedron. Of course. <laughs> Where's the Omega Hedron headroom? So now they're they're dangerous bad guys. So I'm not really buying that she is in uh, trouble though, you know, because she's well, Superman's we'll just wait. cousin. 
So Jerry Goldsmith's music never gets like the fact that regardless of whether or not she can, you know, kill them, the fact is they're very creepy bad guys and instead we're going to have like happy music. Okay, so Oh well, he, Matt Fru is his down. Blew, she blew. Him. The switch <laughs> He's like a stereotypical uh, Mexican thug in an 80s movie, not a stereotypical uh, trucker rapist. Hey, Eddie, like, you guys both know that she's she's got eye lasers now. Right, you would like, think uh, that that would be... Okay, so... If they know who Superman is, they know who they're dealing with there. And, so and she you flies off. Football. Hold on. <laughs> See, they're funny. You know, they're, they're, they're affable rapists. It's awkward. Yeah. A&W paid big bucks for that placement. Wow. Well, I mean, the Salt Kinds were masters of that. Don't forget that they like sold product placement in Superman Two before you know. Is that Richard O'Brien serving drinks? Look at this. What's going on? They're having a party to try and raise money yeah. for their coven. You're acting like this is stupid. Like, <laughs> and and she and she's got the 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 drink with dry ice in it because it's like magic potion drink. Wouldn't it have been amazing if the opening credits had turned out to be her drink, and then we could have been like, "Oh my God, Joe Dante got it from there," instead of coming up with it for inner space. <sighs> you feel serious about taking over this planet? All right, I'm going to stop repeating stupid lines that actors say because I I'll just I'll just be doing that for the next uh, for the next hour and a half. Is that how much is left? Oh my god, there is. Oh, okay, yeah, or like an hour, or like an hour forty actually. Hey, that was a good effect actually. Lighting the cigarette. Mm-hmm. Because so, it because it, it wasn't too overdone. It was just like a little teeny tiny spark. There'll be an overdone effect in a couple seconds. Don't worry. <laughs> She's going to light the whole uh, cigarette uh, holder up, I'm guessing. Okay, see, he's got what? a demon in his cigarette case, but they don't have the money to show. I mean, let's, I mean, I, yeah, I, I would argue that there aren't really <laughs> good demons in movies. I mean, but anyway. Boy, uh. Disco did not die gracefully. In no, the no, it did not. <laughs> Shoulder pads as well. Uh. Yeah, this this whole room is like an uncomfortable mix of uh, the death throes of Studio Fifty Four, along with you know uh, Dallas, I guess. She reacted a little too quickly to that. Hold on, where's down. your overblown I, effects? There you go. She's breakdancing. It is the 80s. I mean, the sound effects are terrible. I mean, it's just like, I can't remember who yes. Alan Hume is, but he's not an incompetent cinematographer. No. So it's kind of like, I mean, I know the budget got at least a quarter was knocked off when it switched over to uh tristar but 
Aww. Yeah. Aww. She she went to sleep in the woods. Ooh, wait a minute. Alan Hume shot Return of the Jedi, which was had terrible photography. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna retract that. He he shot some bad. He shot a lot of Bond. A lot of Bond. Oh, well, no, he shot. <laughs> can't believe I'm gonna say this. He shot People the Time Forgotten. That looked good, but. So yeah, anyway, I mean, he's he's a competent enough guy, but. So here you go. Here's a girls' school where all the girls are at least 22. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just feel like Supergirl hasn't really been established uh, properly as a character. No, um, and I mean. I mean, I know, I know she came from this planet at the beginning, but it's like she hasn't even stopped to ask what planet she's on, has she? She just saw her swatch go off and, and no. knew that she had to find some crystal. And, like, that's all that we know about her be, besides that she, she she's Wait. not used to having powers yep, yep, yet. Yep. Oh, hey, look at that. Yep. Oh, it happens in phases. Of course, like Superman, and, yeah. And now she's magically going to be totally... a school student. <laughs> And you can totally see the the cuts between those trees. And she made herself a brunette, and she knows how to how to assimilate into an Earth school. <laughs> and somebody's got oh, a hold panda on. There's something the else she game. knows in a second that there's no reason she should know. See, and this kind of thing, I'm like, the production values for this are fine. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's just a school or something. So if they actually had a story and they had these production values, they could have done something instead. Yeah. It makes absolutely This is the kind no of sense. movie. <laughs> this is the kind of movie where they just figured it was impossible to screw up, so let's not even try. On Earth, I'm Lee. So she knows she's on Earth. <gasps> that guy wasn't even like, what do you mean on Earth? This guy stinks. So, oh, superpowers. Superpowers. She knows how to type. <laughs> knows how to type. Knows how to file. Alphabetize. Write <laughs> English. She, she knows our Earth alphabet. <laughs> how would she know that Clark Kent was whoa, Superman? Whoa. Yep, yep. Yeah, whoa, what? Yep. yep. <laughs> I mean, it's got... You know, the logic is, of... Yeah, it's got the logic yeah. of... A, yeah. 
Well, okay, this would have, I mean, I guess it would have makes, made sense if they had gotten Christopher Reeve to show her the ropes when she landed exactly. on Earth. Exactly, and since like they, they didn't. planned to. Right. Mm. You know what, if I were an 11-year-old girl, though, I could see myself loving this movie. I mean, there's a lot of things that I would love if I was an 11-year-old girl that I don't love now, but... <laughs> I mean, I like the school. Like, I, I, I like the the school they found. I mean, it looks... I believe... Oh, there's A&W. <laughs> there's again. A&W yeah. again. Yeah, you know, And then you're like, wait, is it a comedy about? It's like, yeah, we just we just we just walked into into like a meat uh, not meatballs. What is it? Private school. Yeah. With Phoebe Cates, I mean. Wasn't that Young Doctors in Love? Private school. Oh, this is a. Uh, it's Lana Lang. No. This is Lucy Lang. Who oh, is Lois Elaine. Lane's younger sister, which is going to be important later. I'm going to save that one for you. Look, a cheer box okay. up in the corner. That's a nice product placement. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Lana Lang isn't in this. No. Superman. no. Other girlfriend from Smallville who was in uh, who was in three. Right now. And she was played by Annette O'Toole, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So there's the O'Toole connection. The O'Toole's had their fingers deep into this franchise, I tell you. Oh, she's spunky. She wears her baseball cap sideways. I mean, it's like, I don't think they rewrote this stuff. It's like you can <laughs> see, no, it's like you can see that they probably had some scenes with Christopher Reeve and they were doing something and, and then they were just like, oh, we'll just throw in these scenes. And it makes you wonder is, did we have more Faye Dunaway? Are we stuck with more Faye Dunaway because there wasn't Christopher Reeve? And then apparently the uh, roommate plasters her walls with pictures of men that make you wonder if uh, you know, she's a gay teenage boy. It's like Corey <laughs> Haim from The Lost Boys. She appears to be reading an incredible Hulk comic. I think I see the Hulk there. Oh, boy, she's bad. Yep. Well. Sorry, I said I wouldn't. (laughs) Now, hold on. This is one of the things I hope that it's in this cut, because... Uh, Frosted Flakes, Kellogg's. So Kellogg's had not given up on them because weren't Kellogg's in the first Superman? Okay, so you see that line, everything on this side of the room is mine. We just established that uh, Lucy Lane thought she had the room to herself, so why would she have set up half the room for a roommate? (laughs) And now here we have this moment of, this is the only Superman reference we could afford. I mean, it's like, this is one of those situations that you feel like it's like, what, Men in Black 2 and Men in Black 3, where Tommy Lee Jones is like, I'm not doing it. 
And then they were like, Tommy Lee Jones, we're going to pay you this many more million dollars. That is actually a cool little moment because it uses the music from the beginning of the Superman movie. But That's what I thought I was hearing, but I wasn't yeah. sure if I was hearing the actual music or just the, the Jerry uh, Goldsmith imitation. Well, I mean, it's a Jerry Goldsmith imitation, but it's not the traditional score. It's the growing up theme from it. Yeah. And now... It's nice early 80s computers uh, in that yeah, last scene. Yeah. So and, is Faye Dunaway going to show up again here? Um, There she is yep, in her hat. she is. <laughs> playing Cruella DeVille. She has the witch's guide to heaven to hell there. It's a little off-putting. I know you haven't seen Mommy Dearest, but her performance here is kind of patterned on her performance as Joan Crawford a little bit. Because Joan Crawford is basically played like a witch in that movie. <laughs> Hart Boschner from Breaking Away and uh, Ellis from Die Hard and also the director of PCU. Hmm. Well, I don't think they would allow a shirtless strap young man to saw up tree limbs like that at a girls' school. It might, you know, excite unwanted emotions. What, what you're not paying attention to is the fact that you should be reading his truck because most of his care, his backstory is written on the truck there. <laughs> and it's going to come up later. What? His, that he's in weed and pest control? Mm-hmm. It's a plot point. Hey, somebody's going to see you're using your eye laser, Supergirl. See, and this is one of the things that bugs me, and you'll see in a second that she, um... I like how this is a girl's school where they don't have to wear ties. <laughs> they just have to wear the buttoned-up shirts. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? No, just wait. Just, we'll let it play out. Were computer classes really a big deal in 1983? I don't think they were. I mean, because they weren't a big deal when I was in school. So, if nobody cared by then, why would anybody care yeah, in 1983? I, mean, I guess you could learn basic back then. and mm-hmm. Well, but this is this is like a fancy prep school, okay. though, so they're preparing these girls to be the masters of the universe. So she just knew the answer to this incredibly impossible math question that he needs the computer for. And oh, wow. Great. What a great ripoff of uh, Omen 2. But here's the thing that we don't tie to is that on Krypton or wherever, she was a moron, yet here she's still really smart. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. David O'Dell, ladies and gentlemen, the screenwriting <laughs> antics of David O'Dell. Um, I, I was going to mention this when his name uh, showed up in the opening credits, but Jimmy Olsen is in this too, right? Shh. 
That's one of your surprises <laughs> for later. I, I thought he, I thought he was going to have shown up now. You know, because no, I figure like, a... okay, they couldn't get, they couldn't get Christopher Reeve, but if they get Jimmy Olsen, then they're going to use the hell out of him. But uh, oh wow, you know, I thought I was being offensive earlier when I was calling the movie retarded, but the movie just dropped the R bomb, so we're even. Yeah, um, you've got to remember that the '80s were an insensitive time. Um, Mm-hmm. Monster Squad being a, a wonderful example. <laughs> not to name drop, not to name drop Fred Decker, but he sent me some hate mail over me having a problem with that. Ooh. So she just took a baseball to the back. Yep. I I kind of forgot that she was Supergirl for a minute. <laughs> I'm glad they reminded me. Oh, shower scene! Wow, getting racy. But actually, if I remember correctly, it's actually appropriate as opposed to how you would have. It's 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 goofy. Oh no! The lesbian is peeking peeking in on the girls. Yep, and see. Oh no! To our characters, they're like the troublemakers, the bullies. Wait, check it out. She has the magical Superman powers, starting in Superman Two, where she can like selectively. I like. Oh, well, that's actually kind of over the way they show sound waves. Uh, yeah. You know, through her ear like that. Actually, some of these photographic effects are kind of. Neat. I mean, yeah. not this, but stuff with the eye lasers and the ear waves. Yeah. This is like the lesbian porkies. Okay, so she just caused a flood in a high voltage area, too. By the way. <laughs> Plug it up, Carrie. Oh, that reminds me. Our next episode, uh, we are watching Carrie and Carrie 2. Yep. So, uh, yeah, be sure and check that out. It's not going to be a commentary track. It's going to be one of our uh, double features. One of our few remaining double feature episodes. Okay, Lucy Lane's on the other side of the line, which doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway. It's a tenant and then... She just let... Okay, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know what I'm talking about. So now she's saying sometimes she can't figure her out, but she's been there a day, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, there's not a word yet for old friends who've just met. (laughs) As Gonzo said sang it almost for a second seemed like they were going to do a scene where she tries to pierce her ears and she can't yeah okay so she knew enough about human clothing to create it magically behind trees but now she she doesn't know how to yeah wait a minute does this mean that she was she's been going around braless this whole time i mean it doesn't yeah i mean it's just like It's like they had, like, these scenes that they thought were going to be good, and you're like, well, that would make sense if she was a 12-year-old who was magically turned into a 16-year-old, but she's not. Is she reading there? Uh, Yeah, but we don't know what book. What, what's, I would love to know what book. I, I would, too, but <laughs> until the Blu-ray, flowers. we won't know. It's probably, like, Flowers in the Attic or something. What's she looking at? A folder? Oh, I see. Oh, she's looking at the map. So, see, there you go. Midvale's right south of 
Chicago, right near the great inland Illinois Sea, which was not on that map. I mean, the does, pro- she go to, does she go to Metropolis in this movie no, at any point? No. Okay. Oh, Jerry so Goldsmith's recycling <laughs> his uh, s- some Star Trek the motion picture music here. Really bad, too, like that all was. But it's just... Uh, That's a drive-in movie. What movie is that? I Uh, couldn't tell. So, uh, Helen Slater has kind of smallish breasts, and um, I don't know if that was an aesthetic decision, but if it was, I admire it, because, you know, uh, Batman 3 is coming out, you know, Chris Nolan's uh, Dark Knight 2, and I really hate how they got an actress with uh, large breasts uh, to play Catwoman, because... You know, that large breasts on Catwoman are going to be really awkward when they're just kind of like swinging around to and fro <laughs> as she has to like <laughs> as she has to like backflip over, you know, guys. The strain too. I mean, at least Supergirl if she were in that situation, the superpowers would probably keep a, keep away rash yeah. and lift, uh, lift chafing. And separate. But um but yeah. Yeah, girl, super heroines kind of need to have small breasts uh, so that they don't get in the way. Are you paying attention to this? It's very important. I, I'm, I'm kind of stunned, actually. <laughs> so I mean, I'm Good trying to God. Yeah. How did how did how did any of these actors do this with a straight face? Here we go. This whole carnival set is so cheap. They could just do like this one shot of the front of it. Oh yeah, there are no overhead shots of this this set at all. I mean, it's just. Oh, it's oh I see. So she's going to use this guy in her. Pl- she's going to like make Supergirl fall in love with him or no, something. No, no, not then, at all. She's trying to, to seduce him. Heart. No, she's trying to seduce him right now. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is just like um, was that '90s movie, Practical Magic, right? Yeah. Like you know, there's three sisters who are witches, but they're just using their witchy powers to hook up with guys. Academy Award winner Faye Dunaway. Did she win I'm, twice or just once? I don't know. But I'm not kidding when I say that she is more attractive in Mommy Dearest than she is right now as, like, a psychopath <laughs> in Mommy Dearest, not this psychopath. Right. Um... I hate how she's wearing, like, her kimono-style dress because it's the 80s and Japan is really big. <laughs> So, you know, you, you, can, you can be big. In, you can be big in Japan, but if it's the '80s, you know, the Japan Japan is big in you. Schlitz, <laughs> a little Schlitz scarecrow. I mean, you know, her sidekick Brenda Vaccaro is. She had. Uh...
Okay, so let's say you're a blue collar, you know, maintenance man, <laughs> and you show up at an, at a dilapidated carnival, and Faye Dunaway answers the door, <laughs> and she lives there. What do you do? And this is. I think he makes that same face in Die Hard at some point too. What I found about Janak's work, with the exception of yeah. Jaws 2, is that when he's yeah. stuck inside without any natural light, he can't direct. He cannot direct these scenes where he's clearly on a set. And it got me thinking about... I mean, Jaws 2, he was basically just mimicking Spielberg style. So he didn't have to do much thinking then. It was sort of to convince you that Spielberg was was doing it almost. But in... Um, I'm trying to remember it. Uh, somewhere in time... Uh, which, of course, was why they thought Christopher Reeve would do it, was because he had a good relationship with Jannar Swark from somewhere in time. It's like, it, it shot a lot outdoors. Yeah. And with a lot of natural light. And it seems like when the guy is stuck in a four, uh, you know, with a confined area, he just cannot shoot. I mean, whatsoever. It's like he can't shoot on sets. He can only shoot in actual uh, con- uh, real rooms and stuff like the the dorm rooms or something, which are actual rooms and probably not built. The as- um the villains have like three times as much screen time as Supergirl at this point. Mm-hmm. Thank Christopher Reeve for it. I, mean, I like his uh, out, outfit. He kind of looks like a Nazi garbage man right now. I mean, see, this should be like a really funny subplot. It should be a really yeah, funny like, subplot that this teacher is plotting to take over the world because he hates working yeah. with the kids so much. Yeah, kind of like, uh, you know, Hackman and, and Superman. Or, or rather, you know, Gene Hackman's bumbling sidekicks. Right. Or something. It should be, yeah. And it's just they don't. They just don't get the it. Papers, Mister Luthor. I mean, but what's sad is these guys don't get it as much as the people who made Superman three and Superman four. For for goodness' uh, sake, I mean. So suddenly, Toby Hooper's the Funhouse. This nonsense. <laughs> I mean, was this supposed to be? What age was that scary? When you're watching this, what age was that that scene disturbing? Because it's not long enough to really be truly disturbing. I don't know. I I, I don't imagine that any anybody would still be in the theater at this point. Like, I, I feel like everybody would have left much earlier than this. But you don't understand. When you saw it in the theater, it was at least twenty minutes shorter. That's true. I mean, that's not really going to save it, but... Well, no, but the other thing you have to remember is this was the 80s, you know, like... I feel all this stuff right now could have gone. Like, I would hope that the shorter version didn't include this scene. 
that this this version could have been. Uh, oh, he's breaking out. Did she, did she cursed he, did him? She no, give, she cursed she him. Gave yeah. him ac- oh, she gave him acne. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a pretty cool-looking uh, tableau of uh, mm-hmm. art there, actually. I feel like maybe the rest of the movie should just be this guy stumbling around the, the What is house. coming out of that thing's crotch? Um, a, a cock? It, I don't it, know. It looks like it to me. <gasps> mirror, mirror on the wall. <gasps> it's like mirror, mirror. That really does yeah. look like a giant... Or, um, or Snow White and the Huntsman. <laughs> that that really does look like a uh, 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 hermaphrodite. I mean, that's that's a um, mm. that's a little disturbing for a children's movie. Oh, I guess it's just the their oh, clothes. What I, yeah, that's but... not what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, kids. There's no cocks in real life. Only in the Little Mermaid. <laughs> You know, speaking of um, Mirror Mirror, I, I saw uh, Titanic um, a couple of days ago, and it was the first time that I ever saw it. And, um, you know, they showed the trailer for uh, for Snow White and the Huntsman. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, the, it wasn't the first time that I had seen that trailer, but the first time that I did see it, you know, by the time that the queen is looking into the mirror and saying, Mirror Mirror on the wall, I was, uh, I was already laughing because I was like, oh boy, it's, it's Chris Nolan's Snow White. And then, you know, the tra- the trailer also had the dwarves in it. And, you know, of course, Snow White just can't be a princess now. She has to be, like, the chosen one who's, you know, destined to defeat the evil queen because, you know, girls have to be empowered and everything. That was Boy, actually Dis- a Disney. really good <laughs> shot, and it was ruined by the stupidity of it all. Did you see this that? Guy- no, not him. Uh, the the sidekick's face was like took up half or a quarter of the Panavision thing in a profile, and there was also her reflection. And then the hey, it's Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. Supergirl's <laughs> going to change into yeah. Cause, well, <laughs> okay, so we're about to get to your we're about to get to, to your and... gift. Your gift is about to hear. Oh, by the way, live lobsters at a diner in uh, Southern Illinois. No. Okay, and and here is Jimmy Olsen. Okay, here's Jimmy Olsen. He's okay. Oh, he's ha- he's hanging out with Lois Lane's cousin. I get it. Right. Because of, of course they would know each other. Sure. Oh, it's the '80s, so of course the guy behind them has his shirt open. Now, come on, think about this. Jimmy Olsen's hanging out with Lois Lane's sister, who is. Oh. <laughs> who's like 16. What a creep. Right, exactly. Jimmy Olsen is hanging out with a teenage girl. <laughs> Lovable Jimmy yeah. Olsen. Jimmy Olsen's like, yeah, I, I work with your, uh, you know, with your sister. You know, why don't I uh, buy you a malted? She knows the rules of the school that she's been pretending to be a student at. I wonder where they shoot this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... California, I guess, but... Yeah, Mom, what's the dingleberry? (laughs) (laughs) 
all the pictures. A Popeye's chicken. There was a Popeye's chicken tie into this movie in 1984. Oh, wow. There was. This probably is California then. I vaguely remember that as part of the deal. There was like a tie-in. Oh, you could get... Oh, you could get like a Supergirl shirt at Popeyes, huh? I don't know if it was something like that. Tylenol. Wow. There were so many product placements in that shot. Did you just hear Jimmy Olsen say B-God's Small Town Street wasn't safe? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I saw this in the theater. I'm old enough to have seen wow. this in the theater. It's very memorable because I, I, my father did not want to go see it. Hey, it's right. maximum overdrive. Yeah, there you go. Early too. This is one of the big who? villains, and this this is what used to constitute a villain in a superhero movie. It wasn't um, uh, a living tractor. It wasn't Jeff Bridges or uh, Tim Roth or Mickey Rourke or who else has been a supervillain. Um, it, it was a living tractor. Hold on, wait. And I mean, one of the big complaints about the Superman movies that you'll hear today from people who are undoubtedly excited about the idea of Zack Snyder making one is that he doesn't really have any super-powered villains except in the second one. And this is the kind of crap those people want. (laughs) They want Superman fighting a giant monster that could be a possessed tractor or something. I mean, it's... (laughs) This movie really makes uh, Kevin Smith's ideas look fresh and exciting for Superman movies, I mean. Okay, so that's a very nice car for a small – wow, they destroyed a, a classic. Um, the original story for Superman 3 before somebody like smacked the guy. I never knew this. Go on. Is that it? Oh God, who was it? It was not one of the Saul kinds, but it was the producer who wasn't a Saul kind. Pierre, whatever, Pierre Spangler, I think. Uh huh. The idea for Superman three was that Supergirl would come to Earth and she would be his love interest. Uh. And that yeah, there, yeah, and there'd be all this silly Brainiac stuff, and I mean that's like oh, they were gonna do, they were gonna, gonna do get Brainiac, Brainiac in there finally. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really incredible how well you know maybe it's not so incredible because you know Batman three is coming out and they're using Bane and Catwoman who are two villains that have already been committed to celluloid by Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher and you know I mean with Batman it's even more ridiculous because Batman's got like a dozen great villains but um, with Man, it's really they've really had a problem in the franchise of like how come they can't use any main villains besides Lex Luthor and uh, General Zod and his posse, you know? Because yeah, you got I mean, Brainiac, the, yeah, you the, got Bizarro, you got Mister Mixius Pitalik, uh, you know, you got other characters to use. I mean, I get that Lex Luthor should be a primary villain. I get that, but the General yeah. Zod coming back all the time—it's like if this new movie they're making is supposed to be break away from what's been before. Why yeah. are you going to bring back the mo- – it's because you're admitting that nobody knows there aren't any – You know, you're super, it's like your comic book audience is not an actual – what you're saying is, is you're saying that your movie-going audience that's from, more familiar with 
Superman two than they are with any Superman comic. That's what did you yeah. did you see her hit her head? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that gas station offers free ice water. I mean, I don't I don't think they do that anymore. <laughs> wow! Look at all this. <laughs> I didn't know this scene was still going to be going on at this point. Buck, uh, buck ten for a- gas. Oh, it's, it's yeah, it's very long, and it's even longer in the director's cut. They spent a lot of money uh, smashing mm-hmm. cars for this. I heard somebody compare Stephen this King. to compare Thor to this. <laughs> uh, why? Well, because of this. Well, for multiple reasons, but also because of this scene where your main action sequence on Earth is. Uh, wow! There you go. Supergirl will save you money at Popeye's fried chicken. <laughs> Popeye's chicken and biscuits. She she uses her eye lasers a lot. I mean, she she's used them a lot more than she's ever thrown a punch or anything. Well, right, because they had to give her a a, a girly way out of the attempted rape, as opposed to her like ripping their genitals off, which would have been appropriate. <laughs> Well, she kicked the guy in the balls, but, you know. That wasn't emphasized. It really should have been. <laughs> as as his gonads fly out the top of his right, head. Right, exactly. There's your Kevin Smith moment. They shoot out the back of his head like, you know, shotgun. <laughs> What's another one the convers- I would compare this to? Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend. I'm sure you've never seen it, but I'm... Are you are you familiar with that one? No. Oh, I think it was eighty three, no. eighty four, eighty five. Uh, that's that's some uh, obscure Indiana Jones spoof, isn't it? Not a spoof. It's um, Sean Young and William Cat, who was about to be famous for playing Perry Perry Mason's sidekick on the TV movies for a few years. They discover a brontosaurus in South America. And it was this attempt – it's this attempt at making the Spielbergian whatever without actually having Spielberg and doing it on, you know, $3 million. Yeah. And the title was Baby, Colin, Secret of the Lost Legend. Mm-hmm. So now we have this wow. possessed machine. Oh, Love that chicken. Love that chicken. Folks, when you're done watching Supergirl, why not, why not buy your local Popeyes? And discuss what the hell you just saw and try to make <laughs> sense of it. Well, you know that, that Love That Joker was actually a reference to this with Love That Chicken. Right? I didn't know that. Wow. I, made, I just made it up, too. So, see? Oh, but it but it makes sense, though, if it that does. was Popeye's slogan. Yeah. Um, do you know Swark really likes using the effect of uh, – oh, they call it a Texas switch. I know that because I listened to John – Carpenter and Kurt Russell talking about it on the Escape from New York commentary. It's when you use a stunt double and then, you know, they go behind a tree or something and then you have your main actor come out. That's like that's like the second time they used uh, they used it in this movie here. You know, get a, get a double in costume and then have a, a preppy version of Supergirl come out on the, on the other side. What's with the soft focus I don't know. on the edges? I don't know. We why why do we still have Vaseline on the side of the uh, frame? Because uh, Alan this is Hume a is, <laughs> Alan Hume this is, is not that good of a cinematographer. That looks yeah, that looks awful. That looks that looks awful too. 
They're they're sitting in they're standing in like a halo of Vaseline. A land, a, what was it called? A land speeder is going to go right by next. <laughs> yeah, there's just like Vaseline randomly applied to parts of the frame. It's to show that he's still being brainwashed. Oh, oh, okay, sure. Jimmy somehow looks even skinnier and scrawnier in this movie. He's got weak shoulders. <laughs> Look at this. It's the Golden Girls. <laughs> that awful pink outfit that... that uh, mommy sidekick is wearing Otis. Just looks Let's like- just call her Otis for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love in Superman where uh, Gene Hackman is talking about like how great it is to have a you know penthouse apartment in the subway, and then he goes, "Who could ask for anything more?" And and Otis is saying it at the same time, and then Gene Hackman just kind of rolls his eyes. Okay, witchcraft is stupid. It's not like there are any good movies about witchcraft. Right? Hey, I think... It, well, I don't know. I mean, I've had a copy of I Marry a Witch sitting on my hard drive for a while. With is Veronica that the Lake. one? That one's good. That one's good. You should see that. Yeah, but I mean, it was made in the 40s. Yeah, so it was made in the that's... 40s. That was good. We should do I Married a Witch and... I don't know. And uh, and Bewitched with Will Ferrell. <gasps> we could do that. That'd be a good one. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I just want to see Bewitched. Yeah. But it would give me it would give me a reason to watch I Married a Witch. See? There you go. Which, of course, was the basis for Bewitched. Hey, wow. Okay, we figured it out. Isn't this exciting, folks? You're hearing the creative process behind this podcast. We're just rambling because this movie is inane. Oh, well, look at the set. It's terrible. I'm telling you. Are we going to see the demon? No, the demon. Okay, so like when I was a teenager, I bought the comic book adaptation. Yeah. You know, for a quarter or something somewhere. And so I read it. And in the comic book adaptation, of course, she grows up. The scene with the rapist is scary. And the demon that we don't see is actually in the comic book. So she actually has a fight scene. Well, then I go and I watch the movie, you know, four years later when the the DVD comes out. And one of the things you need to understand is the Supergirl Anchor Bay Blu-ray or DVD release. Yeah. That was pre-Criterion doing anything significant on DVD. That was the most... it was like ninety eight. Very first DVDs. Yes. Oh, it was yeah. like ninety eight. Okay. It was one of the most significant DVD releases, and people would were making fun of it, and they were like, "Okay, you're paying forty bucks for this two disc set. Yeah. Would you pay eight hundred dollars for a twenty three disc CAV laserdisc set? You know, like no. This is why this format's amazing. And of course, Anchor Bay went to shit after that. But Supergirl was before they did their big Halloween release, where they up one upped Criterion. I mean, it was yeah. like it was a big deal. People got it not because they cared about the movie, but because the Anchor Bay 
special edition yeah. was so impressive. And of course, then uh, the guy who ran Anchor Bay at that time did Blue Underground, and Blue Underground really only does or did um, sort of genre what, like horror, horror, horror pictures. Yeah, horror and yeah, horror and exploitation. Yeah. Horror and they're exploitation, and they're still around. But I mean, they don't do anything like this. They don't do right. anything. I mean, yeah. And so, of course, anything this scene kind of pseudo. Is she practicing kissing? She's and it would work. Herself? It yes, she is, and it would it would be really uncomfortable and cute if you know we had the subplot that she was supposed to be improperly aged, but instead she's going to go fight a lightning monster nobody can see. Again, you know, this could have been a a, a good movie. I almost said great movie for for uh, you know uh, girls you know target audience uh, adolescent girls if they really focused on you know having it be like a an, a coming of age story with superpowers yeah, because totally. i mean that's kind of, that's kind of that's kind of what um i mean not necessarily twilight but i think that's kind of why you know speaking of witches you had sabrina the teenage witch with uh, mm-hmm. melissa joan hart in the 90s and um uh yeah i mean you know, teenage girls love – or Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know? <laughs> Adolescent and teenage girls love girls that they can relate to who also have powers. So this could have been like a a, a, a real movie or a big movie maybe. I don't know. This this could have been the movie that made, co- <laughs> that made comics readers out of girls, I tell you. Except the comic book okay, movies don't get people it... to read comics. It's like an H.R. Geiger erection. It's really... Un- <laughs> I know. It keeps popping in there, doesn't it? So she's going to fight a lightning monster here that we can't see? Exactly. She just destroyed product placement, too. But we will know, have that- good wire work. But I think there's some terrible... Uh, um, uh, it's very, it's very obvious already that she's... It's very obvious already she's on a set with these buildings. Yeah. As I recall, this scene looked really good in the comic book adaptation. But see, I don't think you're ever going to have anything like this again because if they ever do... I mean, well, I mean, Catwoman was all about Halle Berry being in as few clothes as they could pay her to be in. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like that's sort of the whole mindset you're not gonna have this again because not because there's nobody out there who wouldn't make it it's because warner brothers wouldn't you know do something like that okay so now how does she know that it's charged enough you know um i didn't know that that was her plan but i was gonna ask like how would she even know to fight something. I mean, for all she knows, this is just a real bad storm. Right, and it's waiting for her. Yeah, but she's reacting to the storm like it's a person. Ooh, blue lightning! Really bad blue lightning. My favorite 80s optical effect. Oh, hey, there's the monster, kind of. And it's gone. And it's gone. Wow, I think I saw a few seconds of the beast from Poltergeist in there. Or Poltergeist 2, rather. Yeah, I think I saw Henry Kane in there for a second. (sighs) Who was designed by Aver Geiger? We brought it all around. <laughs> See, the oh, problem well, is, is that 
it's not like you can like Faye Dunaway is not one of those actors where you could like get a clip roll of this and embarrass her because every movie she made after this is pretty much like this with like a handful of exceptions. Like I'm. I wonder what movie that is in the background. I don't know, but this should be a lot funnier. They should have played this up a lot. That's who Faye Dunaway should have been in this movie, and they should have put somebody else as the villain. (laughs) Who sits like that when they're hanging around their house? The girl can... Oh, I'm doing it again. Yeah, you're doing it again. In fact, you were going to turn it into a song. (laughs) Why didn't they just shoot a movie version of It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman (laughs) instead of this? Because the Salkinds are evil, evil human beings. You realize the next movie after this was Santa Claus the Movie. Oh, my God. Directed by Janark Swark. Oh, they loved that guy. And Dudley Moore, because they I'm love pretty, Brits. I'm pretty sure that following Supergirl, that was the end of his career. Like, I think that was it, right? Whose career? Jeno Swark's theatrical career oh. was over with... Uh, uh, well, the last and... time I saw him, he was on the set of General Hospital, so, yeah. Just he did Santa ago. Claus, he did Murders at the Room Morgue, he did a couple things, and then he went back to France, then he did the Rockford movies, I remember that. And now he does TV, and his There TV- was like a, speaking of TV, there there was like a TV movie version or a broadcast of It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, wasn't there? I know I've seen like a clip of it on TV. I think they filmed it or you know taped it for TV mm. at some point. You know, sometime during Supermania or Supermania. Wait a minute! Did you know, Swark directed Bug, for William Castle. Wow! You know that? I'm telling you, you don't give him enough credit. <laughs> <laughs> He's directed a shit ton of TV. With the exception wow. of this scene we're about to we're about to watch now. I don't know, it's not on IMDb. Um though I do now know that Jeremy Renner once played Jeffrey Dahmer. That's interesting to know. Wait a minute, hold on. Yeah, there was a nineteen seventy five Yeah, there was a TV special of the Broadway musical that aired at 11.30 p.m. And <laughs> because it's it was a too failure. Yeah. For children. And it was never rerun. <laughs> wow, is it possible that could be because they ran it at 11.30 at night? But <laughs> even more amusingly, apparently it, it paid credit to his creators, which of course, you know, <laughs> no one else does. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, right? Yeah. Okay, so now apparently he's following her around. 
just just in case. Yeah. yeah. He's been walking around with those chocolates all night. He, he learned romance oh, from uh, Dagwood comics. Oh, he's annoying. <laughs> and sweet chocolates. And he can't pick her up because she's... Because she's Sue Girl. <laughs> right. Except, you know, I thought the whole, the whole reason that Superman could fly on Earth is that Krypton has stronger gravity. So she should actually be really, really low, I think. Well, in the first Superman movie also established that he had a regular weight. I mean, what was it? That whole line in the first Superman movie where he says he, he weighs, what, 225? And Lois Lane's all surprised that was actually what Christopher Reeve weighed because he'd put so much muscle on, you know, a 6'4 frame. Oh, good. So I guess I missed, I guess I missed this. Did, did she just kind of like wander onto the couple? No, or she's looking. She, she look, she's looking for the Omega Hadron again. The oh, thing oh that's, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. And then this guy just kind of wandered on. He's stalking her. Yeah, he's stalking her. He's stalking her. Okay. And Faye Dunaway doesn't know that they're on her carnival grounds yet. She doesn't she know how does. to use her magic okay. mirror yet. Okay. I mean, I just love it when you know the the different threads of a movie of a movie. Sp- plot come together like this in such a synchronous way it's just it's so subtle it's sublime yeah this is this is like the end of escape from new york when everybody converges at the world trade center at least they had a reason to all show up at the world trade center they were looking for something yeah do you know anything about nuclear fusion This is a really poorly framed shot, uh, that, that close-up of the guy. His chin was really badly cut off. And here we go. How did you not did they, get an second, Academy Award nomination did, for this? <laughs> did they do a second take of that line? I don't know. It's the taint. Oh no, she's going to make the ride go really, really fast. There's this movie book, and I think I've got to have talked about it on the podcast before, but it was great. It was like from the 80s, it was big, it was like the size of a magazine, like a uh, height and uh, width, but it was like 600 pages long, so it was really thick, and it would have like weird publicity stills from movies, so... Yeah. When I was a kid, I'd look through it and I'd have no idea what a movie was about because I'd see this really weird publicity still from it. Like all that jazz, the publicity still was like one second from a scene in a uh, diner or something. So I'd have no idea. And Swamp Thing, yeah. it was uh, – you, you couldn't tell it was Swamp Thing. But I think for Supergirl, yeah. it was this scene with like – Faye Dunaway, Faye Dunaway pointing. like pointing with her hair <laughs> blowing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, actually, we keep I keep referencing Mommy Dearest, but it really makes a lot of sense that they would, you know, someone would want to cast her as a comic book movie villain after doing Mommy Dearest. I mean, she's like technically, I guess, a villain in Network, but 
Mommy Dearest is really where it, you know, goes off into the stratosphere. She's really got a set of eyes on her. I mean, you got to look at it. I mean, it's like, I think, all right, let me check. Oh, here's the, uh, the scene, the scene from the trailer. (laughs) Yeah. I think. Basically, Meryl Streep and Diane Keaton are about the only female actors who have maintained a respectable career over 15 years. Hmm. Whoa, Xanadu. (laughs) Oh no, which one is the real one? Could it be the one who's not transparent? (laughs) Let me see this. Because, yeah, Bonnie and Clyde was 67. uh, hmm. Wasn't this in the It? (laughs) It? Wasn't it? I don't know. There's a scene. Not It. in Ghoulies 2 where the Ghoulies are running bumper cars over people. Uh, was Was it the Stephen King thing? This yeah, is my favorite. Yeah, hold on, wait, Pennywise, wait, hold on. Tim Curry. No, yeah. So sixty-seven was Bonnie and Clyde, and so she uh-huh. actually maintained a pretty respectable career, but it was only for about ten years, because you know Isalora Mars sucked, <laughs> like bad. I see how Isalora Mars like. I want it to be good because, you know, it's Kirshner, it's freaking John Carpenter wrote the script, but it's shit. <laughs> you, Do you think the script said something, you know, like S-U-M-P-I-N apostrophe because it would be funnier that way? Well, I, I do don't you? know. I'm too enraptured. That wasn't a retort. I know a it wasn't, question. but I just okay. So we just had a scene <laughs> that was at night, and then they flew up, and the sun was in a different place, and then now the sun's in a different place, uh-huh. and then they've been flying all night, and he's asleep. And it's like the Green him. Berets. I mean, it's right. So we get what do we get? We get. One and a half good scenes, aerial shots of her flying through Chicago, and now we have this moronic scene where she's flying around a guy <laughs> on a bumper. So, um, you know, logistics of Supergirl, you know, whether it's whether or not it's easy for her to be flying with that bumper car, um, it just kind of looks awful. I mean, it looks stupid. And you know, if they had just had if they had just had her carrying this guy in in her arms, you know, it would have been it could have been a moment, you know, because it's like a reversal of the traditional image of uh, Superman carrying Lois Lane in in his arms or something. I mean, do it's you th- the role reversal, right? But do you think that was actually a thought where they were like, we can't have her carrying a man around; it'll demasculate him. <laughs> Whereas, you know, of course, the, the premise of the movie is she could crush him with, uh, you know. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they were concerned that it was going to, you know, emasculate him. And they thought, well, but if he's being carried in a bumper car that's made of football players, yeah. then it's 
then it's a manly way of getting carried around. It's being carried around in a bed that's shaped like a a, a, a race car. How much? That reminds me. I want a bed shaped like a race car. To me. Sorry, like, I've, uh, I've completely uh, broken my promise over and over, so I'm a hypocrite. My how, bad. Uh, how much money do you think was in the budget for her uh, Faye Dunaway's nails? <laughs> She's been wearing that kimono an awful long time. I mean, I mean, I know, guess they were I, <laughs> they were planning on action figures, I'm sure, so they didn't want the costumes to change too much. You know, watching this, it's just kind of like, well, no, actually, they weren't playing on action figures. That was one of the big things is that the Superman toy licenses went separate from the movies. There were never any figures for the Superman toys. But anyway. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The pain of growing up without a Superman toy and only the possible <laughs> Mego doll that would crush, uh, you know, one one touch. Um, Mego dolls. So, I mean, this, I... What's she eating out of? She's eating a coconut. They hit him with a coconut because coconuts grow native in, on the inland sea of southern Illinois. I I can't fault... Well, what if, I know you're being sarcastic, but, you know, what if carried there by a swallow? Would, fate, sorry, would Mia Farrow want to know her daughter was feeding a man coconut milk by hand? I don't think so. Wait, Supergirl's not her daughter, is it? Yes. Oh no. Yeah, in the beginning, Mia Farrow was super. Mia Farrow, not Faye Dunaway. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. My bad. I'm mixing them up. There's undoubtedly a joke in here somewhere that. Uh... Woody Allen really liked this movie. Thought Helen Slater was really cute, but I didn't set it up. <laughs> Me, Woody Allen uh, Soon Yi jokes are funny because, like, you will still hear people joke about that, and they'll frame their joke as if Soon Yi is still like twelve years old. Right? Yeah, she's got to be because what, the basis of it's thirty-five now yeah. or something. Yeah, I mean, it's just like. You know, the basis of the joke isn't so much that Woody Allen is incestuous. It's that he's a pedophile. And he is because, you know, even before Soon Yi, he was making movies about hooking up with 17-year-olds. Right. Of course, if his movies were set in Alabama, we wouldn't be having this conversation at all. Yeah. Okay. Where's the where's the where's the Woody Allen of Alabama, I ask you? Oh, God. Oh, God, it's so dumb. I know. See, here's <laughs> I love what... movies. I, I love movies where even the actors don't know what they're talking about, and you can see it. Well, the problem with this movie is, and the reason it doesn't have, like, a cult following is, is because it's, it's too... With the exception of Faye Dunaway, it's played too straight to be campy. It's just bad yeah. age shit. And then, no, that's a good point. That's a good point because, like, even Superman three, like, they were just you know, like, fuck it, let's make it campy, right? 
And then the other thing is they're not exploitative enough about Helen Slater for it to be like big with, you know, how do I say this politely? Um, fanboys. <laughs> not fanboys, but um, you know how Shirley MacLaine has a very big gay following? <laughs> oh, she, I hear you. Yeah, yeah and, okay, and, so it's not and, enough like that, right? And, so, the o, and the O'Toole connection? Right. So, I mean, it's not enough like that. It's just like, it's like this failed kids movie for girls that is just like a train wreck in, in yeah. so many ways. I like my evil a little alterated. I can't straight up evil. It's too strong. It goes down bad. It's a Burundi wand, which means it's African because Africa is okay. Okay, actors, evil. in this shot, you're going to stare into the camera and hold these things up. Try not to laugh. But Faye Dunaway's not laughing. <laughs> That's because she's a great actress. So uh, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention something about this that. So, it's, you know, what, 30 years after this movie now? Sure. Uh -huh. It's almost 30 years after this movie. So, Faye Dunaway was in movies for at least 20 years after this, right? And yeah. somehow, she has less, I have less regard for her career overall, even though she appeared in some, you know, theatrical releases until... 96 or so, right? Then, say, Val uh -huh. Kilmer, who does direct-to-video. I think that he is still a more uh, viable, you know, arguably a more artistic actor than <laughs> Faye Dunaway. Well, you know, he was in Real Genius. Faye Dunaway wasn't in Real Genius. Well, that's entirely true, but... <laughs> I'm just looking up Helen Slater here. Um, wow, she played Bill Jean in The Legend mm -hmm. of Billy Jean after this. Yep. Which is coming out from it, Warner Archive very soon, or just did. And then she was in uh, Ruthless People. Um, oh, is that yeah. one of the? Is that one of the Danny DeVito uh, commenta yes, or, uh, uh, com comedies that you've uh, been reviewing lately for Stop Button? Not lately, but I reviewed it once. Um, oh, okay. She's she's like fifth build. She's sort of just around, and her 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 description in that one is to be appealing which she is she's appealing um what i reviewed that she was really good in was um i actually have an anecdote about her i'll, I'll tell in a second but um she uh Hmm. While you while while you're <laughs> remembering that, uh -huh. here's a little bit of Helen, Helen Slater trivia. Uh, she plays Martin Tupper's cousin in an episode of Dream On, uh, and you know she's like his baby cousin, and he sees her for time and years, and she's all grown up and hot. So that is almost like a Supergirl because you know she's uh, his cousin, and um, you know it's like the Superman three that almost was because they uh, hook up. <laughs> also of note, also of note to comic book fans, uh, Helen Slater did the voice of uh, Talia in the Batman uh, '90s Warner Brothers cartoon, and uh, Talia is of course uh, Raz Al Ghul's uh, daughter who is in love with Batman. So uh, uh, it looks there like you go. She, 
played. She was in Smallville too. No, she was in um. Freaking uh, what's this one? Um, a house in the hills, which I just uh wrote up a little bit ago, which is a very uh, underrated. Um, actually, it's not really underrated because everybody who's seen it has very nice things to say about it. Sort of Hollywood comedy, um, black comedy, very good. Very good thing. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. I, I read uh, your re- I read read your review of that on Spotify, yeah. and it sounded really it sounded really good. It actually. is. It's freaking great. But yeah, no, she. I mean, it, this ruined her career. Obviously, I mean, come on, like she couldn't recover from this. Like, yeah. <laughs> but okay. So my anecdote, and I don't know if I've told the Steven Weber anecdote of when I was a kid, and I got my own TV, so I was able to watch late night TV. And I saw Steven Weber on, uh, Steven Weber from Wings on, uh, and all I knew him from was Wings. And he was on Jay Leno and all he did was tell Jewish jokes. And I was like, that's really offensive, dude. Like what, what, cause on, on Wings he plays, you know, an Irish Catholic or something. And I, I had yet to discover that on, uh, like late night TV shows, when you're nervous in a in a Jewish actor, you just tell Jewish jokes. But she was on later uh-huh. with uh, <laughs> the show that I don't who was on that. Not John Stewart, but that later show in the '90s, Craig Kilborn or whatever. Craig, Craig Kilborn or somebody yeah. like that. She was on there, and all she did was tell Jewish jokes. Oh wow! Yeah, it was this very is, weird. This is erotically charged. There's dangling chains, oh, yeah. and uh, she's, you know, embracing him. Totally. A bunch of young girls would totally be into bondage after that, I'm sure. <laughs> and, uh, the the frame is spinning around, and whoa, she's in the Phantom Zone. Right. Because somehow she was able to send her to the Phantom Zone in the way that people are sent to the Phantom Zone from Krypton. You know, I, I actually thought the Phantom Zone was just like this one piece of, Hold you on, know, shard. just wait. Oh, no, it takes you there, huh? Yes. Kind of? So what this is, this is a, uh, if, if you don't read comic books, you probably don't know what a retcon is, but it's when a later writer changes something. It happens on TV all the time, but they never came up with a term for it. So this is basically saying in yeah. Superman 2, they spent their entire time in this place. Um, yeah, or that, would, between that would be retro, retroactive continuity. continuity. Ret- it feels retcon. like you need another word after that, like retroactive continuity change or something. But anyway, so, okay, so back to Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve was supposed to be in the Phantom Zone. She was supposed to, he was going to have a scene where he fought Faye Dunaway. She sent him to the Phantom Zone. And then Helen Slater had to become the protector of Earth. And then later on, she would come to the Phantom Zone and try and save him. This is kind of a nice set, though, this Phantom Zone. It is pretty I good. I mean, it's certainly... Um, it, certainly it certainly looks uh, despondent and, you know, barren. Well, I mean, there were some good sets in NeverEnding Story. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, the Phantom Zone. Yeah, I always thought it was just like that one piece of crystal right. that, you know, General, General Zod you know, and the other two yeah. are in. Yeah, no. 
No, they did a whole thing with it. Highway to the Phantom Zone. Fly into the Phantom Zone. I mean... This would have been a great place for a cameo by, you know, Terrence Stamp. <laughs> totally. Like, that non been, was that busy? Been, that would have been kind of brilliant. <laughs> um, oh, and now she's... We missed now it she's earlier, but they explained Superman's absence by he's on an intergalactic mission of peace. Who said that? It was on the radio. We were talking over it. <laughs> it's on the radio. How's, how's the fucking radio people going to know, of course? Because he announced is? it. See, what I always thought was yeah. cool was when they released this on DVD, they should have dubbed it, looped in something about wherever the fuck he was during Superman Returns. That would have been fucking minute. hilarious. Yes, by the yeah. way, uh, Faye Dunaway took over the world. She No, she took over this one town in southern Illinois. She hired a bunch of Nazis who have uh, G.I. Joe outfits. She bought diamonds. And, and there's protests. And there's protests. Mm. This is like... The Occupy Wall Street of Supergirl, <laughs> Occupy Main Street. But you know what? You know what made me say "Wow" was, um, you know, a few shots ago there was some giant, you know, butte or or something, some big rock formation yeah, in the she, background, which she, makes which makes it look like they shot this in Utah or something, well, you she, know. She, she but she it's grew supposed to be mountain. Illinois. Well, she grew. Oh, that she grew mountain. it. Yeah, yeah. It magically appeared. Oh, because is that the, one of the missing? Is that one of the missing scenes? No, I think we. Hey, just wait a minute. Talking. These are the stormtroopers from Escape from New York. They're all in black, and they can't see anything through their visors. They should be, you know, backing off from Frank Doubleday. Not. Did you see Jimmy Olsen's face? Jimmy Olsen yeah, was like, was "I really shouldn't there. have been messing around with a sixteen-year-old girl. <laughs> that was bad." <laughs> <laughs> that was like I really shouldn't have agreed to do this movie kind of face. Like, hey, Back to the Future is gonna pay off, right? Like, <laughs> when the hell did this happen? It's my favorite line in Back to the Future. It's Jimmy Olsen. When the hell did this happen? When he hears about the the, the Toyota right. being being. <sighs> wow! I can't wait to see what this is gonna be. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. You have no idea. She looked, it looked like she was rescued by some kind of, you know, her lady. Hold on. Once again, Janot Swark can't direct in a, re, in, a, in a set. An enclosed set. He can't do it. Oh, it's Peter O'Toole. That's right, because he exiled himself to the Phantom Zone. Right. Now, it, now it all comes together. I thought her name was Kala. No, Kara. Yeah. All the, the accents. Yep. Yeah. Wasn't wanna... that line stolen from some other movie? Yeah, wait, no. Actually, I think Baron Munchausen <laughs> might have stolen that line. Terry Gilliam. There's some movie where some. Yeah. yeah, some movie where, you know, 
someone asks where we are and they say nowhere. I wouldn't like to think that it came from this movie, though. Yeah, there's some movie, you know, someone's like, where are we? And somebody's like, you are nowhere. So she made it to the mountain, but she kept the boner statue. Interesting. (laughs) Speaking of Terry Gilliam, these cages are very time banditsy. And now all of a sudden the sub villain is now likable, by the way. <laughs> it, see, there you go. That would have been hilarious, but no, this movie sucks, so it's not. Um I think that's what's so disappointing about superhero movies is that uh, there's like a mix of hopefulness because you saw them as a kid and nostalgia and then they just suck and yeah least... oh you know what I remember where that line is <laughs> I remember who ripped this off John Carpenter ripped this off when <laughs> when, when Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China asks where we are he's like you are nowhere Mr. Button <laughs> but yeah superhero movies um there's a, there's a really uncomfortable clash between your warm childhood memories of superheroes and uh, and the harsh reality of Hollywood productions. Yeah. Except now, except now, kids are growing up with the Hollywood productions as their super as their knowledge of the superhero movies. So. Well, you know. I think that for the most part. The Marvel ones. I mean, they're you know, I'm really make warm fuzzies, but they're gonna. I mean, it's it's not the same as with DC, where you're you're sort of like the the Superman, the Batman's. It's never gonna work out. <clears throat> it's never gonna work out for you. You're never gonna have warm fuzzy feelings. Oh, I don't know. I have warm fuzzy feelings about the Tim Burton Batman movies. Yeah, but that's that's you. You're you know, if you're growing up now, right. I mean, right. Yeah. Good grief! By the time if you know a kid who saw Dark Knight completely inappropriately at the age of seven, and like that piece of shit is going to be you know by the time that kid is twenty, they're going to be what two more Batman series by that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know that's why I'm glad that they are uh, uh, relaunching Spider-Man because um, it's going to make some. Wise up and be like, "Hey, wait a minute! The last one was ten years ago. I'm young enough to remember that. Why are they relaunching this? What that? What's going on here?" Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, that was that was a really depressing uh, uh, failed train of thought there. Well, no, it's. I could, I mean, I could, you gotta, I could, I could hear it. I could hear it. I could hear you just running out of steam. No, I'm not. I mean, it's okay. So you have a chance to do it better than you did it the last time, and who knows? Maybe this one will be better. But it doesn't seem like it. You're casting a 28 year old again as a 16 year old. Do mm-hmm. remake the TV show. I'm sorry, this is not about. Supergirl at all. 
remake the Spider-Man TV show where he's a he's a college student, so it's conceivable that he's in his early twenties. Yeah, his problems are totally yeah. different. Do it that way. He doesn't have to be in high school. Your target audience is not in high school because they're not the fuckers who are going to buy the DVD when it comes out. (laughs) When you say uh, the TV show, are you talking about the the 90s cartoon or the 60s cartoon? Fuck no. I'm talking about the 1977 live-action TV show. Oh, I forgot about that. Where he builds the web slingers himself. And most of the the show... Is that the show where he has a motorcycle? Not no, that's Captain America at the motorcycle. Um, no, and the Spider-Man TV show was basically about him trying to hook up with women, and it's like <laughs> this is fine. This would be a great movie. <laughs> Otisburg, Otisburg, Otis, <laughs> Otisburg. You know, all this does is make me want to watch Superman. <laughs> no kidding. There's kind of a sexual inference yeah, yeah, there. There, is there. She a changed slight... her outfit. Oh, yeah. I, I quite like this outfit a, a lot better, actually. Yeah, you got to watch Mommy Dearest. I mean, I, I think this movie has ruined it for you, but you should still watch it when you get the chance. I mean, it's... It's a true gay, like, cinema classic, as opposed to this, which is just a potential gay cinema classic that failed. How come nobody else is in the Phantom Zone? Where's all the war criminals? He talked about them, and he's like, they're my neighbors, but you don't see any of them, because this movie is too cheap, and it's Christopher Reeve's fault. I love the guy. I'm sorry he fucking died. <laughs> but, like, once I found out about this, I'm like, dude, you fucking suck. Like, what I like the how fuck? You're, I, like how, I like how you're sorry he died, not that not that you're sorry he got paralyzed. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry about that, too. But, you know, whatever. I'm sorry that Sean Young almost paralyzed and that she wasn't able to replace Kim Basinger in Batman on a horse. I, I it's all the fucking horses' faults. The horses are the worst thing that happened to superhero movies. Said it. Okay, so he was talking about how she needs to sacrifice herself. Exactly, she needs how to is she climb sacrificing? up to the top of this thing and. Um... I mean. Did Peter O'Toole have a straight acting job in the 80s or no? (laughs) I think after Caligula, which was 79, it kind of set the tone for the rest of his career. Also an Alan Smithy podcast episode that you should track down is the Caligula. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good one, too. Caligula. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Peter O'Doul's IMDb, and after Caligula, he did some TV show called Trumpet City, followed by The Stuntman, followed by some miniseries called... Stuntman's amazing. Have you seen Uh, Stuntman? Oh, no. You gotta see it. Stuntman's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then then he was in all these... uh, He played Sherlock Holmes in some TV movies, Um, and that's 
that's basically what he did before Supergirl, although, uh, oddly enough, in 1982, he was in a film called Man and Superman. Maybe that's what inspired the Salkines to cast him in this. <sighs> he was in some shitty 80s comedies like Club Paradise and High Spirits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's enough for that. Okay, this is another one of my big problems with fantasy movies is stupid special effect things like this. It's stupid. Yeah, well, you think you have Spielberg to think for scenes where, you know, they basically turn the wind machines on the actors and let the hair ruffle. Yeah, but he only did it for four minutes at the end of a movie. He didn't turn it into some freaking plot point. I don't think it's good that this is the climactic, you know, struggle of the movie and hey, the villains. Yeah. The villains and the and the heroes are in like on literally on different planets. This reminds me of the black hole. Nothing should remind anyone <laughs> of the black hole and this does. Wouldn't you fix your eye, fixed your vision if you had magical superpowers? I, I think I, I mean I know I would. Uh, I would. No, I, she I, just I likes the way cat. Okay. She just likes the way cat's eye lenses look. Okay, like she, Julie Newmar was a big inspiration. Okay, I get it. Now my problem with these scenes is there's no way to do them with practical effects because. Oh no, Peter O'Toole fell into the void. Yeah. So of course the Superman wouldn't have died. She would have saved Superman. Oh, I see. Peter O'Toole was going to be Superman yeah, here. He would have been yeah. So Superman okay. would have lived, which would have made sense. And I mean, okay. Superman lives. Superman lives. <laughs> Faye Dunaway's like, a stupid yep. villain, but see Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater kick her ass. Would have been cool. I guess. I mean... Anything uh, would be cooler than this. You know, if if they were that opposed to using uh, villains besides Lex Luthor um, or or General Zod for Superman movies, they could have uh, used Brainiac for, for Supergirl. I mean, it would kind of make sense, too, because, like, Brainiac's whole deal is that he wants to assimilate all the knowledge of something and then and then destroy it. So he wants to kill Superman because he assimilated all the knowledge and culture of Krypton, and, mm. and Superman's the last, the last survivor, so he wants that, to kill him, right? That's, that's the TV. That's the cartoon. That's not what Brainiac Oh, I'm sorry. I, I pretty much learned about yeah. Superman. The 90s cartoon. I haven't no, read the comics. No, it wasn't that. I don't even know what the hell it was. I just know it wasn't that. But Brainiac would have made sense in this because the computer teacher, and then you could have Brainiac taking over the computer teacher, <laughs> and it would have been funny because he was in the school. I mean, it would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been then, great. And then, and then Supergirl used her knowledge of the Logo Turtle to, uh, to defeat Brainiac. Remember that Logo Turtle? You would, like, gram it to make a circle? No. What? Well, that was what I learned in computer class in the early nineties. Oh and we God! Were, and we when? and we were using 
and we were using computers from the early 80s or from uh, the mid to late 80s, so that's what I, we were learning. We did Oregon Trail, and we made the screen flash oh. with BASIC. Yeah. Oh, we had Oregon Trail. Okay. Oregon Trail had a long shelf life in public education. Very long shelf life. <laughs> because, because it was an educational game, darn it, even though kids just wanted to go to the hunting part. Exactly. Where you, you just wanted to shoot things, yeah. Look at that superpower. She can knock bricks off the wall. <laughs> this almost finally looks like a real superhero movie. Yeah, except the shots are too tight on Faye Dunaway. He doesn't know how to direct set scenes. I like the guy, and he's still the wrong director for this. (laughs) Yeah, shut up. The sound things, by the way, are atrocious. Why didn't she just grab it? She's Supergirl. She could be flying through this, too. Just want to point that out. (laughs) I'm kind of surprised that they managed to sneak that, like, satanic goat statue uh, into as much of this movie as they did. Because it's pretty pretty explicit Satanism, and I would think that's not something they, you know, allow in a kid's movie. You know, but this is the 80s, okay? You got to remember that... Yeah, but that's what I mean. I mean, you know, isn't this the era of, like, you know, the moral majority and the PMRC and... No, I don't think they really had the influence on media that they do now. Oh, okay. I mean, I really don't think they do. Because, I mean, like, the all kinds of Greek. They don't <laughs> care. This mo- As long as this movie sells dubbed in, you know, Yugoslavia, yeah. they're fine with whatever <laughs> happens. Whoa! Look at yeah. that! Yeah. Night that's of the Demon. Amazing. Curse the Demon. No shit! Go. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. This is like Night of the Demon. Wow. I finally found something in this movie that I like, and and there's only 11 minutes left. Look at that thing. Yeah. That's what she was fighting before, and we didn't get to see it. Whoa, look at those nails. Yeah. See, and I thought she was just finding fighting some. Uh, yeah. Okay, maybe the miniature work will yeah, use a little, little use a little help there. A little there. bit better. It looks a little bit like the Doctor Strange TV movie, but I've got to say, I haven't seen Hellboy two since the theater. But I think I like this more. Just, just, just putting that <laughs> out there. I only saw the first Hellboy. Don't see the second one. Ellis is going to save the day. (laughs) She's being stretched, you see. By, like, really stupid... I mean, that's, like, the problem with this movie, with the the set pieces. They're like, hey, we can make it look like she's being stretched by doing this effect. (laughs) And it's like, should we do that? No, we shouldn't. But we're going to do it anyway. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't just put, like, a big demon hand in the foreground and then have her stand, like, far back enough from it that it looks like he was holding her. Like, really? They didn't have enough money to build a demon hand? Come on. Confront her with it. See? He's a good guy now. Boom! Oh. 
What's she doing? I don't know. She's going to do the... That makes no sense. Jimmy Olsen really needs to stop pawing that teenage girl, too. <laughs> okay, and she's in a tornado. Okay, I hate and, uh... magic and I hate fantasy. What if it had been like... What if they had been like, let's make it like Night of the Demon, where she gets... Like, the demon comes after them because they called on the demon or something. Like, that would have been amazing. Like, I hate these fucking movies that are so stupid. (laughs) Also, um, that demon is, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is why I like that demon. It's really freaky looking. It's a little too freaky looking for a kid's movie. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. That shot makes no sense, too, especially with the She's in the mirror. Yeah. I mean, it makes no sense because I mean, like, what did what? I don't, I don't know. How does he know what it is? I'm still disappointed we didn't see the bottled city of Candor. Yeah, I think you can hold your breath for that. I mean, in the next one, uh, what Superman's going to fight maybe, African warlords or something? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe in Zack Snyder's The Man of Steel. No, I don't think so. Because you know, because you know, the Dark Knight made it okay to leave the name of your superhero out of the title. It made it cool. Well, not if it bombs. Yeah. I was just reading that Avengers is uh, tracking two movies ahead of Dark Knight Rises. Men in Black Three is tracking better than Dark Knight Rises. So he knew she was a kid. So it's mildly pervy. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what else was left out of like the long? Uh, hey, we didn't even. Did we even get an establishing shot of that fortress on top of the uh, the butte? Anyways, what else was no. cut out of the the? What else was in the longer version of this that we didn't see? Uh, there's a lot more at the beginning. It not a lot more, but say five more minutes at the beginning in the city. Uh, the yeah. Argo City. Um, I don't know. A little bit. Um. Well, okay. So, the, so the, the the director's cut of this isn't that much longer. It's like ten minutes longer. Yeah, ten. I can look. We can. No, it's got to It's much longer than that. Hold on. It just doesn't. Well, wait. I think there's a lot more at the ending too. There is. There's a ton more at the ending. That's a perfectly is good she, example. There's a ton more at the end. I, um, wait. What? It's over. <laughs> yeah. A, a she just go. Of, yeah, she just flew down into the lake. She she just went under. She just went underwater and wound up back at that city at the beginning of the movie. Yes, it makes absolutely no sense. Hold on. Ah, shit. Um, there's... Now now that I'm thinking about it, there's a ton... Well, there's, you know, three more minutes at the end. How about that? Um, trying to see what the time difference is. Um... Does, Does she... 
does she like go back into space and that's why the city well they must have had to show the city ending up at the bottom of the ocean no no not at all because she flew through inner space because she had the omega hedron yeah no the director's cut is another um 14 minutes so you Uh. know five at the beginning some more in the phantom zone I don't actually think there's any more with Faye Dunaway. Holy oh, wow. shit, uh, Michael. Mike Plug. <laughs> Did you just say I, that? I saw that too. That's Mike what I was about to say. Plug. Mike Plug is like a brilliant uh, uh, fantasy uh, comics illustrator. Um, and he worked on hmm. Supergirl. Wow. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess that uh, he was responsible for the Phantom Zone. And that's why Possibly. it looked uh, Or he could have done that art of, of the guy, the freaky dudes at the uh, carnival on the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was mild. Yeah, well. If it, you know, I can see that plu- that could be a plug penciling that somebody else painted. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I hope he got paid a lot of money for doing this because he probably <laughs> didn't get paid shit for I'm, the comics he did. I'm got- uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that he didn't do uh, Supergirl's, you know, hometown at the beginning of the movie because no, this looks like no, nobody, nobody did that. Um, well, I was just when I was looking up the times. Apparently, the original cut is 150 minutes, which is oh. 25 more minutes than this, and even 12 minutes longer than the. Uh, than the longest version that's in release. And the scary part is I would argue that at 150 minutes, there's the possibility that there's better stuff in it because you could have more stuff. I mean, if you had more comic scenes of her at school instead of just the one scene, it might've been better. It's just, it's a, it's a fucking disaster. I mean, the movie's a fucking disaster (laughs) And it's like, I know, it's a pointless is... one. We're talking about it being a disaster 28 years after it came out or something. I mean, it's just like, but it's the only yeah, time you ever... And is, it, is, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. It is a disaster. It, it's a disaster. And like I said before, nobody even knows this movie exists. No, I not mean, at all. Even like, quote unquote, superhero movie aficionados don't you know, barely can even remember that this exists. I mean, I think people just blocked it out of their memories immediately upon release. There was even, there was even another superhero. I mean, another uh, Superman movie after this. And that's even hard to believe. Of course, by the time there was another Superman movie, it was a Golan Obis production. Yeah. But wow. I mean, <laughs> Popeye. They, yeah, got, the they got Popeye's credit. to the yeah. credits. <laughs> Whoa! The the additional music credit flips up at us. I would argue. I mean, the scary part is this is probably the, if even if they make a new Supergirl movie, this one will be better than whatever comes out. Look at that very long. I mean, that's that's kind of yeah. long. <laughs> no, mm. and I mean, wow. Yeah, wow. And look, Warner owns the soundtrack. That's interesting. 
based on there the characters. There was actually, at the time this came out, uh, 84, there was actually a pretty okay Supergirl comic called The New Adventures of Supergirl. Uh, I can't remember who wrote it. Um, it was actually pretty good. It was pretty okay. I read them all a few years ago. Uh, it was all about her going to college. In, uh, Color by Rank Film Laboratories. Well, that, that's accurate because this is a rank film. Uh, I laugh at my own jokes. Aerial camera sequences. There you go. Uh, Dolby, Dolby Stereo. That was a big deal. Honda. Oh, shit. Here are the thanks. We should see what else we can see. Diversified products yep. probably accounts for, like, every <laughs> cereal and everything else in it. Synthesizers supplied unnecessarily. <laughs> Yamaha. Are they responsible for the terrible sound effects? I'm going to have to guess yes. Thanks, What's Alex. What's the period at the end of that? I've never seen that. Because it's like the period at the end of a great novel. Oh, wait, no, it's still going. Made by Artistry Limited at Pinewood Studios, yeah. Various locations. Interesting. I don't think I've ever sat through... Un- and one more unnecessary. Uh, oh, it's, it's dedicated, dedicated to someone. It's dedicated to these poor people. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, these people, these people's lives didn't deserve this. In kind memoriam. of like Stan Winston in Terminator Four. <laughs> Is that it? Are we done? That's Is it. it over? I don't think I've ever sat through the end credits of it. I don't even. I mean, we didn't even talk about the fact that they were incompetently produced. The end credits where you would they would. They blocked other I know, end credits. You see, yeah, yeah. You you could see the the cards of credits, you know, overlapping on other credits. So incompetent. Anyways, um, well, folks, that's Supergirl the movie, the commentary by Alan Smithy podcast, and we hope you enjoyed it. Um, and uh, our next episode is going to be uh, a regular uh, re- regular length episode, uh, a double feature, Carrie and Carrie 2, The Rage, or The it's Rage, the Carrie, rage two. Carrie 2. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that. And, uh, you know, when we do hit our 100th episode, uh, Andrew and I have decided that we are going to become a uh, commentary track uh, uh, podcast. So, you and know, if you have any suggestions, uh, please throw them out there. And um, Have we decided yeah, we, on what the 100th episode is? The commentary oh, I to think, inaugurate it? Well, I I've, mean, should we tell them I, now? I, I, well, our uh, 100th episode, uh, we decided earlier, is actually going to be uh, The Dark Knight. So that's going to be, you know, our inaugural, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a monstrosity. It's going it's to be, you know. It's going to be three that, hours, right? I that mean, movie, the movie's three that movie's, hours. Because <laughs> that movie is longer than Lawrence of Arabia. But, you know, uh, it's, uh, well, hey, you know, I, I think doing The Dark Knight uh, episode way back when was kind of a milestone. It was. For this podcast. More because hate mail than we've ever got, gotten. We got um, more hate mail on that than we ever yeah. did. So it's it's the perfect uh, thing to, to you know, uh, break the bottle over the ship of our new format. But until then, we've got about uh, 25 episodes worth of uh, commentaries getting used to the new format. Oh, no, and 15, right? Or is it 25 or 15? No, it's 25. We're going to have to pick up the pace a little bit. But okay, in any. Yeah. Yeah, you know, our next episode is uh, Carrie, Carrie 2, and I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. So, um, yeah, uh, tune in 
for that, and thanks for sticking with us. And, uh, yeah, for an Alan Smithy podcast, this has been Matt. And this has been Andrew. And uh, thanks for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Best of Alan Smithy Podcasts. This is Brenda Jarvis. Good evening.